Spots and cheap pops, ladies and gentlemen. This is Silicon Steve Ellie, and on the other side, we got my boy Vladdy Daddy, and he is back with us after me inching just a little bit closer after Forbidden Door. I am now only one match down in our contest for my purple nurple. A little bit of a fallout from Forbidden Door, we might get into a little bit, but right now, tonight and tonight only, we're going to be doing our picks for. Money in the bank. It is less than 24 hours away. And one of the biggest nothing burger pay-per-views. Second one in a row for WWE. Nothing burger pay-per-view. It, just, it has a lot of stuff that's going to lead to bigger things down the road. But, Vladdy Dottie, how are you doing? And can you say that you're excited for Money in the Bank tomorrow night in Las Vegas? Uh, I am doing pretty well, all things considered, uh, Mr. Valley. And uh, can I say I'm excited about this pay-per-view? I wouldn't necessarily say that by any means. Um, it, it's like they've really been ravaged by the injuries, and we're kind of alluding to this in pre-production and even talking about touching base about it on the AEW. But it, injuries have decimated both companies right now, and you're seeing it in the pay-per-views and here with Money in the Bank as we're doing our predictions here is a different type of card and it's definitely not really moving much in terms of me to actually watch it. I mean, I would say watch it live. Let's put it that way, but I might fast forward through some of it if I hear about a good spot or something, but besides that, nothing's pulling me into this really. There, there's not anything there really, there really, really isn't um, the men's money in the bank. It's really a one man race. I think everyone thinks Seth Rollins is winning. I think everyone kind of sees the path in which WWE uh, is going. Maybe not. Maybe you picked Drew McIntyre. Who knows? It is going to be interesting. We'll get that's the main event. We're going to get into that uh, a little bit later. Bianca and Carmella. We know Bianca's winning that. They're never they're not putting the strap on Carmella again anytime soon. Right. Yeah, the women, the men's and women's money in the banks. I think there's not a whole hell of a lot to think that anyone other than one or two people are going to win in either match. You know, Amos, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, Riddle are not winning. Madcap Moss, they are, none of them are winning the Money in the Bank title. You can make an argument for Drew McIntyre or Seth Rollins. Maybe a little bit Riddle. I don't even think you can make an argument with Drew McIntyre because apparently he's getting a shot in September at Clash in the Castle. The women's side, there's nobody other than Becky Lynch I, I would think would win this. Uh, but we'll get into it. Ronda Rousey, Natalia. We know who's winning that one. Theory and Bobby. I mean, I guess it's not a slam dunk, but you would assume Theory would win. Um, we're going to get into it, what I personally think. And then you have the tag titles for the 57,000th time the Usos will face the tree poppers. This is not a great card by any stretch. And WWE has produced nothing burger after nothing burger after nothing burger. Their television has been must miss, not can't miss. I have not watched WWE program since Cody Rhodes was injured. And Randy Orton is not coming back. And you talk about the, the injuries riddling AEW, and it has. 
but they got the talent to fill in those gaps. WWE is scrounging and they're trying to shoot Riddle to, to main event status. They're trying to shoot the street profits to main event status. If they're even doing that, they don't have anyone to take Cody and, and Orton's place. They have nobody still. And they've both been out for a while now. WWE is as uninteresting as they go. Their world champion, Roman Reigns, is a nothing burger now, too. He's stale. Does the same shit over and over again. Not even that entertaining anymore. And if, he, if he's even there, and he wasn't on SmackDown this past week, this is the worst WWE product in terms of... And by the way, what they're doing isn't even that bad. It's just... I don't give a fuck. I just don't care. And I don't think I'm the only one. Um, have we even looked into the ratings of late? I'm curious if like other people have sort of dropped off with these injuries, but maybe that's something we got to look into a little bit. It might be an interesting topic, but I mean, we can get into these picks and you and I can go back and forth real quick. And then, uh, at least we'll have, uh, some sort of clear path to the, uh, championship title between us. SmackDown's ratings have been dipping. Raw's have been actually fairly well. They got a big shot in the ass with, John Cena this past week and the week before they had a good, good showing. So raw is still not dropping off, but SmackDown has not been producing like these. They're still getting, you know, two and a half million or between two and a half million and 2.7. I apologize. So WWE last year, SmackDown is just over 2 million. And this show is drawing upward towards 3 million, a good portion. Uh, and if you look at it, SmackDown, from last year, you know, they were consistently over the poor done with the big demographic. They were consistently over 0.5 since April, 0. 0.48, 0. 0.47, 0. 0.38, 0. 0.46, 0. 0.45, 0. 0.43, 0. 0.47, 0. 0.44. The last two weeks, they've actually been up a little bit, 0. 0.57 and 0. 0.53. But overall, SmackDown ratings have been struggling as of late. The last couple of weeks, it's been a little bit better, but they were drawing point sixes and point sevens a year and a half ago, a year ago. So SmackDown has not been doing as well. Fox is said to be really happy with it. But again, I think you're at a point with WWE. They're too big to fail at this point in time. People just turn them on because that's their habit. There's no way they give a flying shit about Pat McAfee. I actually, I love Pat McAfee. I'm not going to shit on Pat McAfee, but Baron Corbin being a big part of it, uh, but uh, SmackDown has not been good for a while, whether the ratings or not. It just hasn't been moving the needle, as a tribal chief would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Hopefully things uh, get better before SummerSlam. And you know what? Like, I, I think WWE almost gets a little bit of a reprieve from Fox uh, with SmackDown because uh, it's not so close to, like, um, the NFL starting again. They really love that lead-in of WWE on a Friday night, college football on a Saturday, and then their coverage of the NFL on Sunday. So that's where I think they're going to start putting more pressure on them. Um, but I digress. You want to yeah, do our picks? They're not, yeah. WWE's not going anywhere, and their ratings are never going to dip low enough to where they're going to get canceled. <laughs> that's for AEW to worry about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Their ratings they need, we need to start talking about because they don't have that all that. But we don't want to get into that right now. We're going to get into money in the bank. We are off with Vladi Dottie with a one match lead going into money in the bank, and then we have two. 
pay-per-views left into that. And there were two big ones, SummerSlam and All Out. But right now we're talking about Money in the Bank. Second pay-per-view in a few weeks from WWE. Last one was actually much more entertaining than we thought it was. And every time we think a WWE pay-per-view is going to suck, they actually have a pretty good one. So, Because um, we, we thought WrestleMania was going to suck, and it was one of the best WrestleManias they've had in a while. We thought uh, Hell in a Cell was going to suck. It was a great, really good pay-per-view. So we'll see, man. WWE, when the, when, when the chips are down, they usually surprise us. But we're off. Vowdy Dotty, what are the matches? And we will go over as my purple nurple is on the line. Yeah, let's lead off with the World Tag Team Championship with the Usos and the Street Profits. Uh, I will choose, and I'm going to go with the Usos. I also went with the Usos. I don't think they dropped the titles just yet. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit more of a momentum and a momentous situation. And we'll see what happens with the tribal, the part-time chief. That's who he is, the um, part-time chief. Some, something, something I saw before we got on air tonight was that uh, it seems like they're foreshadowing a breakup of the Street Profits as well. Mm-hmm. So you might see it start here. Oh, I didn't see that. Where did you hear that? What was it? They, they didn't seem like they were not getting uh, I guess on TV, did they? They were. They were on. I guess. At some point, Caleb Braxton says, everybody knows that you guys aren't seeing eye to eye or something like that. She incorporated that into, like, I guess, one of their her interview with them. Montez Ford is going to be the heel, you would assume. And he's going to be a big star. So they, they see that they see what they have of Montez Ford. The guy's a star in every way, such yeah. sense of the word. Yeah. And I love Angelo Dawkins, but he's not Montez Ford. Montez Ford has is the whole package. It's crazy that they're breaking him up, man. He's such a good heater. Yeah, dog. I don't know, fam. Like, he just works well with him. Like, he's a big dude. So, I, uh, it's like too bad they're not like, keeping him together. Yeah, but you usually do that. You, you usually break the tag team up, and that's the story. Uh, to your point, though, you think they should more do a men on a mission thing where they just turn one into the big time star and the other one's just the heater or the sidekick. Yeah. So you think or, they yeah, you can go for like lesser titles. Yeah. So, so you're thinking they should men in the mission it. With uh, with Montez Ford being able. Yeah, I think we're going to take the uh, the missionary position on this. <laughs> All right. We both go with the Usos for the WWE. Tag Team Championship, the Undisputed Tag Team Championship, both titles on the line. Are we getting tired of everyone yes. carrying on a bunch of different belts other than FTR? It's annoying. Yeah, the FTR <laughs> is the only one that makes sense. They're so good. Congratulations to FTR now, IWGP Tag Team Champions. The only team in history to win all, both all of the AEW, SmackDown, NXT, Raw, IWGP, and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. That is quite an honor, amazingly enough. They could very well go down as the best tag team of all time. I don't think anyone else is going to do that because I can't see the Young Bucks going to WWE. They might, though. They might get legal for that big payday at the end of um, We'll see. Yeah, they both I mean, want, they but they all want to retire in their early. But they all say they want to retire by their late 30s, early 40s. So who knows? Yeah. 
All right. What do you say about the next match being SmackDown Women's Championship? I know you're going to watch this match over and over and scout it. If Natalia, member of the Hart family, one of your favorite families in wrestling, versus one of the greatest technicians and fighters that WWE has ever seen and Ronda Rousey. Do you want to go first? So I got to go with either Natalia or Ronda. A, Natalia, B, Ronda, or C, who gives a fuck? I'll take C. Uh, Ronda Rousey wins this one, obviously. I don't think any it's a surprise to anybody. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's not going to be my day. Yeah, the, the, you know what? It's going to be like one of those. I look at Natalia as being almost a teacher with certain matchups that they have, where she basically teaches them the WWE way of having a match, you know? And she's done this countless times with uh, especially some of the ladies from NXT. So, yeah. And Ronda needs it. She needs it. They've had a couple of good. This is part of the education. I'm sorry. Uh, Ronda said a couple. I mean, she can't cut a promo, but what she says is kind of funny. She can't actually cut one, though. But the way she's making fun of Natalia with the plastic surgery is pretty funny. And deserved. Natalia, do you have any idea what you're going to look like in 10 years? Natalia, seriously, you're not going to be recognizable. You're going to be look like one of those hideous women with your face look like it's falling off. And I love Natalia. I think she's a beautiful soul. She seems like a very kind woman. But I feel terrible for these women who feel like they have to desecrate their face because they have to stay young looking. Natalia already looks like it's a little funked up. It already looked like you could tell where she's going to be. You can see where she's going to be in five or ten years. It's going to be a disaster. And you feel terrible for her. And Charlotte's not too far behind her. Charlotte still looks kind of hot, though. If you didn't know it was Charlotte, you'd think she looked really hot. But you know it's, but you know it's Charlotte trying to – but it looks like Charlotte trying to be Carmella. Yeah, Vince Russo was the head booker. He'd have a Botox on a pull match. Bro, I'm telling you, you put the Botox on the, on the top of the pole and they go for it and the winner has, gets to get $20,000 of free cosmetic surgery, bro. It's what you're doing. Book it now, bro. I think that's what Drew said would say, something like that. Yeah, he would, that's a, that would be the entire pitch. It'd be a hell of a match, too. Those ladies turn the house down when they go at it. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you sound to say about Natalia, Natalia is a very, very good, an excellent professional wrestler. She really is. You know, her and her sister is gorgeous. Next of uh, this nothing burger of a pay per view. Um, let's look at the Raw Women's Championship <sighs> Bianca Belair versus, uh, was it Carmella? I'll go first. Bianca Belair, of course. Yeah, man, it's the same thing. Is there any doubt Bianca Belair doesn't win this match? Just like, is there any doubt Ronda Rousey's not winning that match? No, nothing burger. Yeah. Main event on SmackDown, main event on Raw. That's what those two matches are. Nothing more, nothing less. And from that nothing burger, let's go to another part of the nothing burger here on this evening. The United States Championship match. Austin Theory, or Theory, I should say, versus Lashley. This one's a little more interesting to call. You would assume it would be Theory to put Theory over because you don't want him to lose to if he is going to face John Cena, even though Cena and Theory did not have any interaction on Raw this past Monday night. And it didn't didn't look like Cena is coming back to wrestle at all. That's strange. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't. They didn't. 
do anything to get Cena to look like Cena is going to stick around. So the idea that Cena is facing Theory at SummerSlam might not be the case because if if Theory was facing Cena at SummerSlam, no matter what, in all likelihood, I would say Theory wins this match. But because he didn't, I don't know. But I, I still think Theory gets the victory here, and Bobby puts somehow Theory actually. I could see them doing a disqualification and Bobby Lashley wins a DQ match or something. So I'm going to say Bobby Lashley wins, but he doesn't win the title. I don't know how you want to play that. I guess I'll go with that one. And it's funny because I went the same exact way with that. Is I'm thinking that I want to look have Lashley look weak. You know, they want Theory to retain the belt. And there you go. So and, that's that's how they cover their bases there. And it's low enough on the card where it's not going to matter if it's a shitty finish. Right, right. And, you know, they're, they're, they're all going to save face and not bury one of them. So there you go. And they'll probably have a rematch at SummerSlam. You know what? They're leaving the door open if, they're not, if there's nothing going to happen on Cena is what they're doing. Yeah. So, I, okay, we agree on that one, too. Lashley wins, doesn't win the title. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Then, when you have uh, shitty pay-per-views like this, WWE, I can't come back on Vladdy Dottie because the matches are too predictable. Fuck you, WWE. Just kidding. Yeah. Sorry, Bruce Pritchard. We know you're listening. Uh, next, uh, we have the Women's Money in the Bank match. I don't even have the contestants written down here, but I have my winner. Do you want me to throw my winner on the well, table? Well, let's, let's go through the contestants so we act a little bit more professional than that, Bobby Daddy. We got I'm Lacey Evans. I'm completely unprepared. Lacey Evans, the military woman who struggled her whole life to become a sassy Southern belle, but now she's military woman again. And uh, January 6th conspiracy theorist, Lacey Evans, Alexa bliss, who comes out with her new music, but still has the doll with her. Liv Morgan, who they were putting over big time on SmackDown. Raquel Rodriguez shot and Shotzi, not to be confused with Shotzi Blackheart. She's dead. This is Shotzi. Oscar. And Becky Lynch. I don't think it works with anybody other than Big Time Bex. I think Big Pe- Big Time Bex wins this one. I 100% agree. And I'm, I'm going to say and probably parlay this a little bit into my pick with the other match. I think there's been an absolute reason that both Rollins and Becky have been jobbing like crazy for the last, say, four or five months. And I think it all all leads to this, them both winning the money in the bank and then being that couple, if you will, with both having briefcases. Here. Wait, are you saying Mad Cat Moss is not winning money in the bank? Is that what you're telling me? I Yeah, I would not bet the bottom dollar on that one. So should we parlay? So we parlay over to the, we sashay parlay. I mean, but look at these contestants. Lacey Evans isn't winning. Alexa Bliss isn't winning. They haven't pushed her at all. Liv Morgan isn't winning. Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi, what the hell are they even doing in the match? Asuka won two years ago. She's not winning. It's going to be Becky Lynch. I don't know if Becky ever won. And I don't think Becky ever won the Money in the Bank uh, title. So that's something that'll be a feather in her cap. So I think Becky Lynch is the obvious choice. I think every, so far, every match has been very obvious. Um, in my opinion, now they might book it differently. Maybe just to to throw us a swerve, they have Alexa Bliss win it. But uh, Bliss and Morgan are the only two uh, two I could see possibly winning it. But I don't I don't think either one of them will yeah. do. I don't think either one of them are in a position to do so. 
And also with two babyface champions, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think Becky Lynch has it, and I think Becky Lynch keeps it for a little while. It's something that she can get over. It's always good for someone that is a good wrestler to have the money in the bank because it becomes a part of their character. And if they're good, they can get it over really well. Sometimes it's not good. Like Baron Corbin is sucked. His teasing was bad. I yeah. mean, Baron Corbin. Will. But <sighs> like, uh, like, but with Becky and, and even Seth, it's like, you know, them holding on to it for however long is needed. But again, if somebody big time, like uh, say if Roman got injured or, and they needed him to like take over quickly. Okay. He can, he or she on the women's side, say if Rhonda's just like so sick of coming to work and is tired, of, tired of pretending she likes her job, then okay. <laughs> you're going to have to job to Becky quickly. You know, they're leaving <laughs> all doors open. There. Well, the crowd's been real nice to Rhonda this time around. Um, I don't know if they booked her better or what have you, but she's not getting booed out of the building like she used to. I think it helps that, she hasn't gone against any really good wrestlers <laughs> that people care about. I mean, people really didn't, people are sick of Charlotte. They didn't, they couldn't stay. Maybe um, unfairly as it was, people are sick of Charlotte for being there all the time. So they were happy Ronda beat her. And uh, Natalia, people are sick of Natalia. I mean, you know, Ronda's done okay because she hasn't been dominant. She's actually been, you know, selling for women. I think it was Shotzi. She wrestled earlier. She wrestled a couple people and really gave him a good match opposed to dominant. I think one of the reasons it turned a lot of people off is Ronda Rousey was going through everybody like a hot knife through butter her first like six months or so. And, and we couldn't buy it because she sucked in the ring and she's still not good, but she's starting to have decent matches with people, which I think helps. But uh, yeah, Becky Lynch on that one. So we sat, are we done already almost? And then yeah, Seth Rollins for to make it official. Well, Seth Rollins will be tackling Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Amis, Sami Zayn, Riddle, Madcap Moss. And there is not, other than Drew McIntyre, there is not a one person in this match that could possibly win over Seth Rollins. And let's be honest, Drew McIntyre is not winning it either. This match, you can pick, this is the most predictable pay-per-view I have ever seen. Really, from top to bottom. There, maybe theory loses. That's the only one that would surprise me. That's possible. Can you do me a favor? Can you go through that list one more time? Yeah, are you ready? Mad yep. Cat Moss, Riddle, mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, who yep. is an honorary Oose. Congratulations to him for that. Amos, he's the big guy. He's the real tall one. I can't wrestle or, or cut a promo. He's tall. He's really, he's just being tall. He's so tall. He's so tall. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins is clearly winning this match. I really wish they had incorporated uh, Chad Gable into that match. I wish they incorporated anybody who had a chance of winning other than Seth Rollins. Like somebody I can believe is going to win. There ain't a motherfucker in here. Yeah, because... yeah, like the Sheamus and, and the Amos pick. I'm like, I, I could see Gable having a couple of great spots in there and just playing with the crowd's emotions as well. Bring on Kofi. He's always crazy in those matches. Fuck it. I, I want someone who I think is believable to win over Seth Rollins. Yeah. Like, give me three or four guys whose possibility of winning. But they don't have three or four guys that is believable to win. Riddle, maybe. Drew McIntyre, maybe. But they are a 
slim chance. We, it's been facing to look like it's going to be Seth Rollins. And I think Seth Rollins is going to have to play into it. Maybe, I don't even know if he, he, he makes, maybe he doesn't even cash in and he doesn't make it. But you figured he would play into the Brock-Roman match at SummerSlam because why would you watch that match otherwise? Another Brock and Roman match. They faced each other three times recently with Roman winning, winning all of them. I mean, that's a disaster waiting to happen. They have to dial up that match in some capacity. So you have to wonder, Seth Rollins is the only guy that makes that match interesting if he had the money in the bank title. And he could tease him. Right. And then Seth Rollins, I could see WWE having him tease he's going to come out for that match. And then he never does. I can literally see them doing it. They're just trying to get by until Orton and Cody can come back. And it's clear as the nose on your face. And it's not good. And it's not interesting. And I'm not watching this. I'm not. I'll follow it on Twitter like I did the you know the last pay-per-view I watched. Not really. I just watched the Tell in the Cell match, actually. So I didn't really watch right. it. But there's not a match I'm interested in. There's not one match I care about in this card. Admittedly. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like, man, maybe Forbidden Door wasn't that bad. Yeah, I mean, you did pontificate about Forbidden Door, and I thought it was uh, interesting feedback that you gave about that. Because I did see, you know what, it was pretty uh, positive from what I saw online there. And then you mentioned some interesting points there that maybe doesn't necessarily make it a great pay-per-view the two well we can get into it now let's talk about forbidden door oh, overall it was one of the best pay-per-views going into the, the final two championship matches the iwgp title match and the aew world, world championship match those two matches were very the, actually the iwgp title match was phenomenal until adam cole got injured and had to botch the ending whether i don't know what happened he was supposed to take the rainmaker and instead of that, he collapsed. Now, I don't know if it was because of his injury or he fucked up. And now they're just saying that he was injured. I don't know. Was it a concussion is the reason he collapsed? Was that the reason? What was yeah, the reason? I, as I mentioned, as I mentioned, uh, concussion and a torn labrum as well as what I read. I'd like to know if the concussion was the reason he collapsed or did he just fuck up? It could be. Yeah. That's why I don't want to kill. Uh, I don't want to kill him for it, but it fucked the whole match up. And but it but the commentary team did a brilliant job covering and they said Adam Cole collapsed was to have some kind of injury and Jay White saw it. So they covered it up, but it really was awkward because even the pin was awkward. So I don't know what happened with Adam Cole. And it's unfortunate because the match was brilliant. If if Okada hits the rainmaker on Cole, then that finish is great. But just Mm -hmm. the collapse, it, it. left you kind of jerking with a semi at the end. But we know that Cole was hurt, so you don't want to kill him for it, but it definitely took away from that match. And then the end of the match with, with Moxley and Tanahashi, it was – the crowd might have been tired too, but it was a red-hot crowd, and the hot crowd was not hot at the end of the match. And it was just awkward. Moxley choking out Tanahashi. He didn't tap, so then Moxley gave, picked him up and gave him – he choked him out to the point where he couldn't even really move, but the referee didn't stop it. So then Moxley picked him up and gave him a, a paradigm shift. And then he pinned him and the crowd didn't seem to care, but uh, Moxley and company picked up the momentum this past Wednesday night during war games. So 
I might have been a little harsh on it. And quite frankly, I'm happy I was harsh on it. I don't want people to, to shit on all over AEW. I feel bad. I'm glad it was received well because the build and everything that went into it, it was a little bit of a disappointing build, as we know. So it was okay, but it was really unfortunate. The Adam Cole injury was really unfortunate in that match because that match was top notch. Um, and uh, some fallout from the media scrum afterward. If you didn't watch it, Jay White was absolutely brilliant in his post-media scrum because he brought his title out and someone didn't have the holder for him. And he turned that into his gimmick the entire time. He would be starting to talk about his match and then he would just automatically go back to it randomly. So someone was had his title championship match and there's a little holder and they didn't set it up and his arm was hurt. He's like, sit up, would you sit it up for me? It'd be really nice if you set it up for me. I'm only the IWGP champion. It's better. It just, I'm, I'm a world champion. I'm trying to be calm here and trying to be nice, but let's just, it's okay. It's okay. Let's just go at it. And Khan went for a hug. It looked like, and Jay White kept it like that the entire time, which I thought was really funny. And Moxley had no interest in one of the weird, awkward hugs either. You saw Moxley. He went for a hug on Moxley. Moxley gave him a little tap and then pushed him away. It was, you saw Moxley did not want to endure one of those big hugs. Okada got a big hug. Yeah, he doesn't want to be, yeah, he doesn't want to be uh, like a meme or a picture with that thing. That fucking hug is stupid. I don't know. I would have liked the hug, but it just looks really stupid and honestly kind of gay. Almost childlike. Almost like, like, you're a child molester if you hug him or something. It's weird. Fucking weird, man. That's my Moxley. He just looks awkward doing it. <laughs> he looks like a child hugging his long-lost father. <laughs> he look and he look and he looks like to quote MJF a fucking mark. Like you're the president and owner of this company, man. Start acting like it for Christ's sake. But at the same time, you do love his enthusiasm for the sport. And we can't bitch about Tony Khan because he's, he's really done wonders for the world of professional wrestling the last three years, three and a half years. So you don't want to complain about him, but it is awkward, weird looking. The way he fillets CM Punk is awkward and weird looking. But, the, but the, a lot of the wrestlers give it right back to him. Dax Harwood said how much how much of an amazing human being he is in the interview. So he clearly is doing something right, despite those stupid looking hugs. Yeah, they just got to tell him to chill with that. Get a firm handshake. <laughs> well, that's what the Jay White was not having a hug. He kept it arm's length. Yeah. He also went off on him. Like really yeah, bad. Was, he didn't I watch it because he'd yeah. go back into it. You know, it, it's just that I'm the champion. And it's just that it, it's it's nice to have my title. It's okay, though. It's fine. Let's just move on. Yeah, well, you know, I'm the best in the world, and that's what happens. The other thing is, is that, you know, the belt is a, cel is a celebration of what I do. You know what I <laughs> And then he said one more thing about it when he left. So Jay White, if you don't know who Jay White is or you don't appreciate who Jay White is, just look at his promos anytime he had a big match. The guy is brilliant. I, I can't put Jay White over enough. He's one of my favorite wrestlers right now. Is he better than Adam Cole? He's much better than Adam Cole. That's not even close. Sorry, buddy, Adam. You're going to get hate tweets. 
I actually defend Adam Cole overall, though. And Adam Cole is has gotten ridiculed and destroyed on the Twitter. Twitter is just an awful place. And the internet in general and Facebook. I had to leave two Facebook groups this week because they were just annoying me. Like wow. uh, these stupid fucking marks. And we, we are, we're two of those stupid fucking marks. But it's like people are just being negative and mean just to be negative and mean. Whereas I think we come at it in a, in a certain way. You know, we're journalists. We try to be a little bit of a journalistic integrity to it. We give our opinions. But at the same time, we're not being mean for being mean sake. Right, Vince? You piece of shit. No. We spent 45 minutes making fun of Vince McMahon the other day. Though, so that's okay. Right, John Laronitis? Actually. Oh, man. We can do that, too. John Laronitis, we weren't very kind into. By the way, John Laronitis' new video, uh, if any highlights from our previous John Laronitis interview, will be up uh, shortly after this video. So check that out. For those of you still paying attention here on High Spots of Cheap Pops, Got a good amount of views for our MJF stuff. Getting some good views on some other things, too. So uh, keep on moving along. Blood and Guts, if you like that sort of thing, was a brilliant match. I don't like those matches. I don't like the no hardcore matches. Vadi, what did you like? Um, yeah, it was, um, it's not my cup of tea, either, to be honest with you. Um, like I don't like the fact they had to wait for each and every one of them. So it's sort of like you're just killing time for the good good portion of the match. I mean that's time to get a beer basically, and um, and then it's just it's it's almost like um, you know it's a blood fest. You know, it's just the lowest common denominator of professional wrestling to me. Um, I guess there was you know some cool spots with uh, Claudio being involved in the match. That was different. That was cool. Uh, of course, he knew Sammy was going to jump off something high. <laughs> you know, I mean, and he and he did it better than Jericho. I'll give him that. Um, it was yeah, great for what it was. Um, yeah. yeah, and then what Santana got hurt too, right? Early in the match, hey, he was a non-factor. So yeah. the six, so it was six on five for most of it. But it, they they audibled it fine. Um, the ending was really good. I thought the ending actually built some good stories up there. It was a flat finish, but an intentionally flat finish because Kingston was trying to get Jericho to tap, but Claudio got yeah. Daddy Mac, Angela. I don't know their names, man. I, I they, they, those names did not catch on with me. And the the yeah. guy Angelo, the, the funnier guy with the square head. Well, there's Mac cool Daddy Angelo. Is that his name? No, there's Cool Hand Ange, and that's the uh, non-funny guy. You want a taste guy is is uh, Mac Daddy, I think. I thought his name was Angelo, too. No? Neither one of them look like a friggin' Angelo. And they're both from Canada. How are you and Angelo from Canada? I want to know these two jabroni names. Who are these two jabroni? Angelo Parker and Daddy Mac Matt Menard. Are you sure, man? I thought Angelo was squarehead. No, Menard is squarehead. Okay. So Angelo Parker had a moment where he was hanging upside down, bleeding from like a stuck pig. That was good. Um, yeah, I saw that. So like, they almost like um, what's, it's as if they um, uh, tell, there's a term, oh man, I remember from Game of Thrones, but it's as if 
they removed his skin and he was hanging and just bleeding out from like the, the upside down thing. If, uh, if you like this sort of thing, it was a brilliant blood and guts war games match. If you like that sort of thing had a really nice ending, Claudio Castagnoli wound up getting the victory by taking daddy Mac, Matt Menard tap while Kingston was trying to get Jericho to tap and Kingston was clearly frustrated that Claudio did that. But what do you want to do? You want to win the match. So I don't know how they try to turn that into Kingston being the baby face here, but he, everyone loves him. But Claudio's the new guy. I don't know if I agree with the booking unless they're building up something. I have to ask, though, is Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana in the Blackpool Combat Club? Because it said Blackpool Combat Club versus the JAS. And they just aren't Blackpool Combat Club material. No, by no means. You know what? I think Regal like uh, mentioned that too. He basically said, "Ah, they're close associates or something." Oh, did he? Okay, now, there you go. So they're not in, but they're close associates. Yeah. Obviously, Jarek or obviously Ambrose. Sorry, Moxley and just kidding, AEW fans. Moxley and Kingston are very close. Hey, what think, did you think of uh, the Jericho? What did you think about the Jericho Appreciation Society's um, choice of uh, uh, <laughs> of what they wore? For them? Oh, it's beautiful! I loved it. I, they they did something similar with all white too. I I like it. They're kind of boy band meets punk or whatever. It's it's interesting, but they were all able to put on a hell of a show. That was the one positive. So. I, I I don't I like what Jericho's doing here, man. I know you and I are on different pages there, so I don't feel like going into it too much. I like the Jericho Appreciation Society. You do not, and let's just leave it at that. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he he's obviously doing a great job for that entire crew. I mean, what's the name of those two guys again? Matt Menard and Angelo Perkins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be truthful, I didn't know their names before either. What were their names before? Even- All right, Mr. G. All right, genius. What was his name before? They were 2.0. That's what I know. No. They, well, dude, what was their names? Matt Lee, I think, was one of yeah, them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I only knew that because I just – I only knew it because I just read it. Right, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The effect of Jericho, huh? how he's getting these guys over. Oh, I mean, it, I mean, look, Jericho has made stars in AEW. He has been – you could not – if you – I'm being sarcastic with these guys. That's what I'm saying. I know you're being sarcastic, but are you trying to say Jericho hasn't gotten people over in this company? Is that what you're trying to say? Let's put our fucking cards on the table here because I'm tired of you, Vladdy Dottie, if that's your damn real name. I'm tired of you besmirching the good goddamn name of Chris fucking Jericho. I am a card-carrying Jericho-holic, and I'm not a fair-weather Jericho-holic like other people on this podcast. Chris Jericho has done wonders for a lot of careers in AEW, and I think you are shortening because he's not – I don't know why you hate the guy. The guy, you make fun of his body. The guy goes and gets a freaking close to a 60. The guy goes and gets in good shape. You still shit on him. The the guy's getting corny as fuck. He turns heel, reinvents himself yet again, and you're still shitting on him. You just got a problem with Chris Jericho right now. Look, the fact of the matter is – they are a lot bigger names now than they were six months ago, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you can't. Their names are stupid. Come on. Yeah, it's not marketable in the slightest. Like, And he renamed them even. But I, what I'm saying is he renamed them. And we, you and I still don't even know their names and we watch every week. 
I mean, I'm trying to say those two guys are are the the. You look at everybody else Jericho has fucked with. He's gotten people over, including Eddie Kingston. He put Eddie Kingston over big time last match and made Eddie Kingston a guy who's a viable. You know, he helped make Eddie Kingston a viable. That was the first big win in every Eddie Kingston career because he lost pretty much every other big match he's had. So that was a monster for him. He put Orange Cassidy over. He put MJF over until he finally will beat MJF at the end when we thought maybe he was retiring. Jericho also put made friggin' Jake Hager cool. Not cool, but made Jake Hager watchable, which he was never before. Jack Swagger was not watchable. Yeah, I don't even think Jake Hager is all that watchable. In comparison to We the People? Come on. Come on now. Come on. You're being unfair. Well, hey, I, I I did I did hear a We the People chant. When was this? This past week? Storm Blood and Guts. When oh, boy. Or against or in the, the room. Yeah, they did a We the People chant because what? They were together in, in the, um, the faction, right? Oh, Claudio and... Uh... What were they called? The All American Guys or some shit? Uh, oh, I forget was what Doc, uh, Doc Mantel uh, was one that um, was managing him. Yeah, Zeb Coulter at the time. Yeah. And they were the All Americans or Zeb something Coulter, of that yeah. nature. Even though Claudio Castagnelli was never American. I don't know. I just right. think that Chris Jericho has done a world of good for AEW. I don't think AEW is where they are without Chris Jericho. And that's all I think. And, and look, the guy was the first champion. Put a lot of guys over in the process. So I, I think, look, is this the best reincarnation of Jericho and is it better than the inner circle? No. Is the talent as good, though? I don't think so. So much so, they might as well call him fucking the inner circle because half the inner circle's there now. More than half the inner circle. 60% of the inner circle's in the, in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot more... Um... <laughs> uh, they got uh, a lot less diverse recently <laughs> than, than Sammy. Yeah, you basically you just combine two factions. You got rid of Santana Ortiz, and then you yeah. take Inner Circle, and you, and you take the 2.0 faction with Daniel Garcia. But Daniel Garcia is going to turn babyface soon. Right? There's going to be a problem with him and Sammy. Um, you can see that coming yeah, a mile you can away. Sense that, right? Oh, you can see it yeah. coming a mile away because he was he wasn't too impressed with the makeout scene when they when Sammy joined Jericho again. With right. Tay Conti. Tay Conti is so beautiful, though. Um, I'll tell you what. That, I, I don't know. I think you're a little unf- – I think you're really down on Jericho right here. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. And maybe you're right. I think you're honest. You don't usually let your emotions get away with you. I think it, you literally think Jericho has sucked recently. And I get it. I don't agree. I think uh, he's a really, really excellent mid-card heel, uh, upper mid-card heel. What else do you want from Chris Jericho at this point in time of his career? Guy's 51. <laughs> yeah i just I, I listen i've had enough of them i'd say that's yeah. what it comes down to well tough shit because he's under contract for another eight months six months oh my god there's a very good possibility he'll be in wwe in a year then you can love him again you think so you don't think he'll stay i think he'll stay with AEW. uh it depends on what tony wants to do and it depends on if Jer- how much money jericho wants Jericho will be back in WWE. He's on really good. Jericho's on really good terms with them. He did the Stone Cold's podcast. He just, he's done two separate uh, talking appearances in terms of sending a video. Um, so just one, just as recently as Cena. 
couple guys did too. It was pretty nice to see AEW and Tony Khan able to do that for John Cena. So it was nice. You know, and conversely, AJ Styles uh, had a nice conversation for TNA. So you see, you want, you got to wonder if Vince is out of the picture, if WWE does work with other companies uh, to help kind of get them. Because if, if WWE builds a good one of the, if WWE can build a good relationship between AEW and WWE, maybe there won't be so much hatred on the internet. The tribalism won't be so bad. But who knows? That could be pie in the sky talk. <laughs> Next on Pie in the Sky Talk. Next on Pie in the Sky Talk, WWE books a decent SummerSlam this year. Ooh, that's not happening. So they're breaking the street profits up. So what, how many tag teams are they going to have? I guess the Viking Raiders are back um, as bad guys now. Ooh, they're vicious. The vicious Viking Raiders. Apparently, Michael Cole said vicious Viking Raiders 17 times during their match tonight. That's what they're going to be known as. Oh, I'm vicious. The vicious Vikings. They both start with V. It's alliteration. I love alliteration. Do it. All right, moronic Michael Cole. <laughs> By the way, I have a couple of good names for that new tag team of Jericho. <laughs> you know, the whole thing with Jericho, if he does return to WWE, it's going to be a prelude to him getting to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and which is more than he's a first ballot. You know, everything he's accomplished. He's won, a, I mean, many, up until about a year ago, people were saying he, he could arguably be the GOAT which I don't know if I agree with. I know you wouldn't agree with that at this point. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> no, I respect his longevity, but like say the last two years have been a, a bit of a stretch for me. Like if he, if he retired like two years ago, I'd be like, wow, that was a hell of a career. Now it's like, it's bullshit. It's fucking careers done. He should never wrestle again. Right. He should, he should never even started on uh, Monday night. Jericho was the beginning of the end when he crashed through the cardboard. And they try to make it like it was that was that was definitely a bad moment for me and him. <laughs> well, I don't blame you for that. That 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 feud because it was like the whole like him giving giving MJF a swirly like the first night of their feud. Um, the whole like champagne wannabe Austin beer truck moment that was garbage. I hated the fact that. It, FTR was involved in it. It was just like certain things that was just mid, if you will. That was and all Jericho. And by the way, that's all Jericho's booking. Jericho was the brainchild of all right. that. Yeah, yeah. I know that's, what we can do. That, that's why. Yeah. And then that's where I was like, you know what? He's not impervious to me having issues with some of his decisions here. Because you call it right down the middle, Vladdy Dottie. You call it right down the middle, and we all know that. But overall, though, Forbidden Door was good. Uh, and obviously, we, it was a good response by the AEW faithful. My, again, my biggest concern is, is are they doing enough to gain their audience? Because are they going to have enough? And people, AEW fans seem to have their head in the sand saying, nope, they're going to get re-signed. TNT is going to pick them up. And TBS is going to pick them up. If Rampage is doing 300,000 people a week, they're not going to keep Rampage. It's that simple. So all of you AEW fans who think magically they're going to keep Rampage is going to be off the air if they don't start getting better ratings. 
All right. Maybe they're happy with Dynamite. Dynamite is becoming a one or number two show every single Wednesday night. Okay. They're happy with Dynamite. There's no way they are happy with the money they're paying for Rampage. There's just no way. And you need more ratings on Rampage. And Rampage is a good show too, folks, if you watch it. But it's very wrestling heavy. They've got to start giving us the reasons why we're caring about these wrestling matches. These great, great wrestling matches only matter if you care about what happens in the match. If the, if the Minnesota Twins and the Tampa Bay Rays are fighting and play a brilliant 4-3 game, one of the best baseball games ever, who gives a fuck because it's the Minnesota Twins and the Tampa Bay Rays? Nobody cares. I need to care about these wrestlers. I need to care about these characters. And I don't think AEW is doing a consistent, not a bad job, but a consistent job of having me care about a lot of these guys, especially their women's division. Like, who's Tony Storm? Is she an 80s chick? Is she a baseball player with the black under her eye? Is she left eye? Is she a white left eye? Is that who she is? Why do I care about Tony Storm other than she's hot? Tell me. Yeah, they haven't really built it, built up her storyline in any way other than that she's... And they've been a little repetitive with this, too, where it's like um, they'll have um, the face and the heel wrestle, uh, then all of a sudden, like, with the Nyla Jax getting in, uh, interfering in that match uh, most recently with Shafir, right? And it's like, then they overpower him, and then, up oh, here comes the champ, Thunder Rosa, to make the, make the uh, save, and then it's they leave the two faces in the ring and then all of a sudden they're having a little stare down. Yeah. And I feel like that's becoming a little bit repetitive in, in, in some of this storytelling too. Was it the same exact storyline that happened with Ruby Soho? I feel like it was the same exact thing. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It, it's probably, and it's just like, ah, okay, let's do this again. And it's, except Britt, uh, except Britt uh, Baker was a heel. Show. Britt Baker's a heel, but it was, right. it, 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 they do that a lot and they got to work on the women's division, even though Jade is still doing well, but um, I'm just concerned AEW is going to lose clout on television. And that's my biggest concern. AEW fans on Twitter and that I interact with, they seem to think everything's fine. Well, we'll see if everything's fine in yeah. six months because they still haven't had their contract extended. And until they get their contract extended, I'm not counting my chickens, AEW fans. I'm just not. We hear how great Discovery loves and Warner loves AEW Tony Khan clearly has friends in high places. You're an NFL owner. You have stroke. I get it. But at the end of the day, you need to produce the ratings. And AEW Dynamite has slipped in the ratings. It's consistently under a million million viewers. Every single solitary week, they haven't been over a million viewers in months. And AEW Rampage can't even get 400,000. Those are facts. And I'm tired of AEW fans putting their head in the sand. Everything's okay. Everything's great. Yes, it's the best wrestling show on television. Yes, that's what AEW Dynamite is, 100%. But at the end of the day, Dynamite has got to start drawing more people, definitely. And Rampage is going to be off the air. So say what you will about how much you love AEW. If you love AEW so much, Start watching Friday nights, or that show is gone, and they're going to have to have another YouTube channel. Or have to go to a channel that you have to have some kind of weird subscription to get. It's just that simple. And I love AEW. I bleed. What are they, black and gold? I don't know. I bleed AEW. 
I've been a fan of AEW <laughs> before AEW was a thing. I was, I've been watching Being the Elite and the guys who started this company, including Cody Rhodes, well, well beyond before 2019 when this company started. And I'm telling you, Discovery hasn't re-signed them yet. And until that's re-signed, there is room for worry. And I had to give Vladi Dottie a lot of credit. About eight or nine months ago, maybe even six months ago, you said this is going to be an issue. They still have not extended that contract for AEW Dynamite. And that's scaring me. It's just that simple. Yeah. And a lot of it's being just based off of like the big bang theory show leading into them and how much of that audience they can carry on into the next two hours. Well, the, one thing we're not considering when we talk about that is that the, the get garnering the rights to the big bang theory is not cheap either. So the, the, the yes, it's cheap. It's not, it does not much to, expense to cost, but buying the rights for big bang theory is not cheap. And I, I would be wondering how much it would cost between that and AEW dynamite to comparison. I don't think it's a slam dunk comparison as you would think. It's not like they own big bang theory. No, they, no, no, they do. They're that's, that's part of Warner brothers. It was on CBS. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, but the thing is, the, 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 you know, the ratings on that show, We I, I should look it up, but I, I've heard that they're really, like, still impressive, even though it's a rerun. And then AEW's tasked with carrying that over as much of that audience into the next two hours. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned a lot for them to get re-signed. I think they'll find a way on some other cable station. Worst case. Worst case scenario... I think AEW finds a television station to broadcast, and we'll be able to watch it. But um, eventually, the well is going to run dry. You know, Tony Khan's got a lot of money, but he yeah. he's got to start making money here because there's I don't I don't know the financials of AEW. I really don't. But he can't be making money. He just can't because he pays his wrestlers too much. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. We- that's what we got for you this week, folks. We have a couple other stories, obviously. Reader Chatterton story has reemerged with Mario Mancini confirming that something did, in fact, happen that was inappropriate with Vince McMahon, which is harkening back to a 1992 interview that Rita Chatterton had with Geraldo Rivera. Rita Chatterton was a referee for WWE, the first female referee ever. She's in her mid-60s now. She mentioned that Vince McMahon, who is now 77, Raped him, raped her rather. Mancini said he see Mancini never said the word rape, but he did say that it was definitely inappropriate and it was definitely made her feel uncomfortable and she definitely didn't want to do it. So that's resurfaced. And we and Vladi Dottie, one of the things we mentioned when this story started breaking about Vince, is it going to start an avalanche of reports of things coming out through Vince's career of doing a lot of inappropriate things and a lot of non-disclosure agreements. This is another one. And um, yeah, this this could definitely be another sort of nail in his career's coffin there. So keep your eyes out on Stephanie Triple H here. Triple H, as we said, showed back up at the, the Performance Center earlier last week as well, saying that he was back. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting how they were staying away and Stephanie was going to spend more time with her family and all of a sudden, nope, we're taking back over. We're still here. Right now, I'm back. And I'm back. 
and I'm not going to rape anybody. Good job, Triple H. Love that. Love that about him. Yeah. Other story. Other stories this week. Kenny Omega said he had a major setback. He is going to be done. So that's disconcerting to say the least. And AEW has definitely missed Kenny. I think they miss Kenny more than anybody. I really do. Um, but he obviously is not even close to being back because if he was close, he would have at least made an appearance at Forbidden Door. So that's what worries me more than anything. And then sounding, hearing him seeing Soda Sarton, which the story that you sent me and I actually broke on the everydayfan.com. Please check on my writing. Silicon Sea Valley. I wrote a story on Kenny Omega saying that he just looked so dejected during that interview. So I asked you to send me the context of it, and then I found it. And he just sounded, first of all, he hates Twitter and he hates people just shitting. He just get ridiculed all the time, is what he said. Yeah. And you got to wonder what the internet wrestling community is doing to a lot of these professional wrestlers' psyches, who a lot of which are very sensitive. And some of the most ungodly, mean, disgusting things are said to these people. Not me, though. I'm super nice. Right, Baron Corbin, who blocked me? by anybody. <laughs> it's bad. Fucking A. I'm just glad Christian didn't block me. But I found out he's never on the he's never on Twitter. That's why he didn't block me. So thanks, Christian. Thanks, Christian. Love you for that, bro. Someone just recently blocked me, too. I forget who it was. Maybe not. I've been trying to be very kind on Twitter lately, though, so we'll see. But anyway, we're kind of dragging here at the end of the show right here, body body. When I say we, I mean probably me. But what other news have we missed going into Money in the Bank this week? But anyway, thank you so much, Vadi Dottie. I want to thank you for joining us, folks. Vlad, thank you for joining Vladi Dottie and myself here on High Spots of Cheap Pops. We will be back with you next week with a hell and sorry, Money in the Bank review. And we will be back to discuss all things in the world of professional wrestling. Thank you. Follow me at Silicon Valley on Twitter. You can follow us High Spots of Cheap Pops on Facebook. Check us out. I, we are also now writing. I say we, because Vladi Dottie, you basically send me stories and I and, and, and ideas. Vladi Dottie is the head writer, and I have been doing some writing for the everydayfan.com professional wrestling page. So check that out. We're having some fun, folks, enjoying professional wrestling, hoping WWE starts becoming a little bit more interesting so I can start watching again. And Rob, what was the last episode? What was the last television program of WWE you watched? Real, didn't you watch a Raw recently? I thought you watched one where I did. Um, like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Nah, it's been closer to I haven't watched SmackDown since after us. The last SmackDown, I haven't watched a full SmackDown in a while. Last time I even turned it on was the RK Bro Uso match. Yeah, it might have been something like that. I think you and I touched base on something. I forget what. Yeah. I did watch the end of Riddles. I did watch the end of Riddles, Roman, but overall it's been bad. But anyway, folks, we want to thank you so much. Hit the subscribe button, like us, follow us on Spotify. We love you guys. Thank you so much for Vladi Dottie. This is Silicon Steve Alley. You've been listening to High Spots and Cheap Pucks. Here in the last one.